you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Lockdown Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7, formerly of Scout, where I was the lead MLB draft and prospect analyst. I'm going to go check out my way-too-early mock drafts. That is currently over at mlbdraftnow.blogspot.com. Uh, you can see every team that's been eliminated, a uh, yearly tradition for me. Uh, I don't know if I said my name. I believe, oh, who knows? Either way, I'm Jeff Ellis. If you're listening, you probably already know that. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Indians your first listen every morning and how it's uh, free and available on all platforms and the like where you get your podcasts. Uh, so obviously there aren't games. Uh, <laughs> it's always the elephant in the room. You kind of forget uh, at this point of the year, like, oh, how am I going to do a daily podcast when there are no baseball games? Uh, and it's quite easy. Uh, first off, let's state that. I don't want anyone to sit back and go, okay, time to tune out. No, I've been doing this. This will be my third off season. And my first off season, uh, funny story, I didn't realize that we had like a part-time guarantee. So I was doing five days a week, uh, even in the off season, even when we can drop to three shows a week. Now this was way back in the day. Uh, but still, uh, there was a time where I was even in the off season, I'd find a way to, to pl- find plenty of content. And we'll do that. Like I said, I'm going to go through and pull out old articles I wrote. We're going to dig into old shadow drafts and see if I'm actually good at this prospect evaluation stuff or not. We're going to compare what I would have taken to the Indians. I'm going to dig into the top 100 prospect list I made. And again, we're going to kind of take apart me as an author and just the Indians prospects through that time. We'll dive into the history of the days. We'll dive into the history of draft classes. A lot of people love and appreciate that. Uh, I did a lot with, again, you know, I put a mock-up yesterday. Hunter Barco, left-handed pitcher, Florida, was the guy I mocked to the Indians in my way-too-early mock. But I want to talk a little bit more draft. Uh, Let's discuss qualifying offers. Now, this is a big deal because the Indians should this year have a competitive balance A pick. Uh, for those who don't know, the difference between A and B is uh, it used to be a long time ago before the CBA change. Uh, it was when they first added these picks in, it was like reverse order of record. Uh, now it's just every other year. You're an A, you're a B, you're an A, you're a B. So the Indians are an A this year. So they have the 16th pick plus... Well, we don't know where that other pick is going to be because we don't know, uh, you know, teams who's going to lose picks um, for a team like no one loses first rounders anymore. We should put that out. And with the Astros no longer having uh, penalties on them, they won't lose it first. So that part is pretty set. We know the 31 picks are going to be and we don't know exactly where the Indians competitive a pick will fall uh, because we don't know what the compensation picks are going to be. So let's, let's dive in these compensation picks and talk about who... This is a big class for compensation, so that's kind of why I thought this was worth discussing. So the, the players that are very likely to get competitive balance uh, to get that qualifying offer, uh, MLB Trade Rumors have put this together, and I'll just go through their locks and say if I agree or disagree uh, as we go through all of them. Carlos Correa, Freddie Freeman, Clayton Kershaw, Robbie Ray, Carlos Rondon, Corey Seager, Marcus Simeon, Trevor Story... Uh, I agree. I think those are all locks. I think that now what's interesting is you go through uh, the rules of the game are as such now that if you have a qualifying offer uh, put on you, what is your compensation back? This is one of those things that gets confusing because it has changed multiple times. So if you are a team that does not receive revenue sharing uh, or if the free agent signs for less than $50, $50 million total money, uh, 
you get a pick after the comp B. Now, don't get confused because in round one, if you do get revenue sharing and the player sign for more than 50 million in uh, question, you know, the player in question signed for more than 50 million, then you get a pick in round after round one. So you either get it right after round one. So it'd be the 31 picks, compensation picks, uh, competitive balance A. But if a player isn't one of those, it goes second round, competitive balance B, then compensation. So the compensation picks go after the competitive balance if it's second round, that grouping, and before the competitive balance if it's that first grouping. Uh, it's a very small grouping. And if you're a luxury tax team, my research showed only the Red Sox and the Dodgers in that range. You get a draft pick after the fourth round. So it's almost like, is it even worth offering? Uh, it, you know, more picks is always good. Let's just be honest. But that's not a huge deal. It's just getting a, an extra pick before the fifth round. It's, it doesn't net a ton. So when you go through those six players I mentioned, the locks, Correa would be uh, after the competitive balance B. Freeman would be after B. And how do we know who gets revenue sharing? I realized, oh, why do I, I hate how I sometimes click a tab and <laughs> I close it when I meant to go to it. So we just want to, it's teams who get, um, you know, revenue sharing. They don't release that list, but uh, teams that get revenue sharing qualify for competitive balance picks. So then that also does give us a listing. So we know that that is the Marlins, the Tigers, the Brewers, the Rays, the Reds, the Twins, the Pirates, the Orioles, the Royals, the D-backs, the Rockies, the Indians, the Cardinals, and the Padres. So those are your teams. Now, not all of them may actually get revenue sharing. Some of them might also get a pick due to size of market, uh, I believe was the other reason. Uh, but either way, the Indians would get one. So going through that list, as I, everyone loves, Correa, Freddie Freeman, Clayton Kershaw, Carlos Rondon, uh, Corey Seager, uh, all would be after the second round. They would not get a pick. Uh, before that second round time. Uh, neither would Marcus, Sim I just wanted to double check the Blue Jays here, neither would Ray or Simeon. So you're looking at those guys, none of them would affect or go before the Indians competitive balance A pick. The one name here that would affect them is Trevor Story. Uh, Rockies qualify, he would be a compensation pick before the Indians get into that competitive uh, balance A round. So then we come down uh, to their likely list. Uh, Michael Conforto, John Gray, Yuski, Kikichu, Eduardo Rodriguez, Noah Syndergaard, Chris Taylor, Justin Verlander. Yuski, Kikichi is, I, I, I don't see that as much. And yes, he made the All-Star game this year, but the FIP is 4-6-1. He wasn't even worth two war for wins. Uh, he, he made $17 million. He's got a weird weird option. So if they exercise his option, then it automatically becomes a four-year, $66 million contract. So their option they have to exercise is a $16.5 million for the next four years, for age 31, 32, 33, 34. They're not going to do that. If that gets declined, then he has a $13 million player option. I don't think he takes that. So then when they offer him the qualifying offer, I don't know. I don't think he's necessarily worth that. I, I disagree with their likely ones there. Conforto at peak has been great. Gray actually had a nice rebound. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez had a bit of a down year points, but Boston has some money to spend. And again, pointing out uh, in the likely group, the Dodgers had two guys in Boston now up here with one. And the Dodgers have a third player here. All of those would be before the fifth round. So those are teams that really would get 
very little from it. Uh, two Mets players, a Houston player, and again, uh, competition John Gray, I could see that, and then that would put uh, another pick before the Indians get to that competitive balance area. So that's two potential players that would block uh, potentially moving back that Indians draft pick. And they're possibles of Brandon Belt. Uh, this is an old one because it's Charlie Martin. Charlie Morton, he already did one. Anthony DiScalfini and Raciel Iglesias. I do think Belt uh, does. You know, he's 33, but he's the perfect guy to offer that qualifying offer for one year. If he takes it uh, and you're the Giants, you're happy. DiScalfini has been, uh, you know, good in as a starter. A, he's the type of guy, if you offer it to him, he likely accepts. I mean, he's 31. Uh, he feels more of a situation where I just wonder if they work out an internal deal that makes a little bit more sense. I mean, he's never approached what he has done this year, a 2.6 war. I mean, before this, this is a guy whose career war, uh, 10, I'm sorry, this year was a 3.9 war, 10.1 war for his career. He, definitely a career year. I, I, hard to give someone like that the qualifying offer. Rasiel Iglesias is great, and I could see the qualifying offer because the Angels, even if he doesn't accept, you're hoping to get a draft pick that would be in that second round because Lord knows they need to build up their minors. Uh, so maybe, but again, uh, none, two Giants and a Los Angeles uh, Angel. So those two would not affect where the Indians pick. Long shots, Mark Kaneha, Avisel Garcia, Quang Hyun Kim, Corey Kluber, Buster Posey, Adam Wainwright, Alex Wood. Wainwright, we know, just signed a contract, and otherwise he would not be a, uh, a long shot. He would be a definite. I actually don't know how Alex would pitch this year. He's been outside. Avisel Garcia, I thought he uh, he hit what he needed to do to uh, guarantee his contract. I don't think he is anymore. Kaneha is the player that everybody wants. It's interesting how many people I talk with who are like, that's who I think would be perfect for my team. He is going to be in, in very much demand. rest of this list, I just can't see it. Now the players who could opt out. Uh, Nolan Arenado, uh, if he opts out, Nick Castellanos, J.D. Martinez. So Arenado and Castellanos would both add into that pick, pick Mitch. Pick Mitch? No. Picks? No. Pick Mix. There we go. So that is really, I think, a max of four, maybe five. Now, last year there was one. Uh, the year before that, I believe there was zero. We have not seen it as much lately. That's why I kind of wanted to bring it up because, again, the Indians, uh, when you look through this grouping, they're likely – I mean, the problem with their group, too, is I believe the order then gets based on record in their flip-flopping every year. So the Pirates, the Orioles, the Royals, the D-backs, the Rockies – and the Padres. The Indians would actually be picking later this year uh, than they would typically. So that's what, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams in front of them. We know it's 30, so 38 picks. They'd be picking like 39, but up to uh, 44, maybe, maybe 45 uh, could push them back. And that's, uh, let's pause for a second and talk about the difference in pool money. By the way, pick 44 last year was uh, the Rockies. That's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight picks into the second round. Uh, so if you're looking at 39, that was the Tigers. A uh, little less than, what, $210,000 difference, maybe $220,000 difference. 
that is not an insignificant amount of money and it's you know just the flexibility it gives so i thought we'd talk about qualifying offers we'll see what happens when they occur but i thought it was interesting continuing on some of the draft stuff that i did yesterday uh come back we're gonna look at how things went let's now we have a full picture of the indian season let's sit back dive in and have some fun but first a quick sponsor break i've been talking about rock auto for i've probably done easily uh what 300 ad reads for them at this point in time uh, maybe that's not true. Maybe it's only uh, 200. But either way, this is a company that, big or small, it's going to be useful to you, the consumer. Because if you are someone who knows how to fix cars, great. You can go and get the specific parts your car needs. Save yourself a ton of money. They are almost always the best discount you will find. And again, you get to pick. You get to pick your parts. It's not like you go to the store and like, well, we got this. No, you're going to get to have that choice for yourself. Uh, and then if you're like me and you have no skills in that area, but you can still change filters, you can still change your windshield wipers, go to rockauto.com for yourself, type it in, easy to navigate site. It is the only place you need to know when you need stuff for your car. That is rockauto.com. And make sure when you go there in the little how'd you hear about us box, you type locked on or locked on MLB, locked on Indian, some form of locked on to let them know we sent you. Remember that is rockauto.com. Make sure to let them know we sent you. So the season is done. Let's just be honest, at least for the Indians. I know there's other teams out there that are left. And I'll watch some of it. I'm not going to watch all of it. Like, I love baseball. Uh, I don't love all the teams that are still left standing. And uh, it's almost more frustrating to watch a team I dislike win than it is to just watch baseball. Uh, That and I have two kids in the age of four. There's only so much time one can actually spend watching sports. I'm going to devote it to the teams I love. Uh, so now that you know a little bit behind the curtain here, let's take apart this Indian season. Let's look at, uh, you know, how players performed end of the day, going over to fan graphs, looking at teams. Let's talk about offense. We spent a lot of time throughout the year, you know, also later on, not today, we'll get into like baseball savant data and talk about players, hopefully trying to find some things that, uh, can give additional hope. So let's talk about the players who led this team in runs created plus, and that is, of course, Tristan McKenzie and Cal Quantrill. I, I'm kidding, but I'm not kidding. I don't understand how that works, um, other than the fact that, you know, they both uh, hit 500. So that's why they have a 183 and a .1 war in their two uh, plate appearances. Yes, sometimes stats are silly. This is why when I talk about things like war or bat pip uh, or runs created plus, I, I talk about the need to have a large amount of data because you also go down so technically they're tied for first and sitting at four is Savali because again things are weird but Jose Ramirez is the number one guy number one hitter positive offensively defensively base running again I don't know if he is going to 36 home runs 27 stolen bases uh, 137 runs created plus they're going to be those who who look at the 266 average and think he's falling apart. Uh, I kind of talked about that yesterday on the show. Uh, That's going to happen. I know it is. People are going to overreact and are going to find ways to try to belittle his performance. He was fantastic again. Uh, I don't really, I'd have to dig into it to know if he is still a, you know, legit top five MVP candidate. I feel like likely there's just not a lot of six war players in baseball. Uh, Next was Fran Reyes, was the second most productive hitter on the team. Only worth 1.3 war, but only played in 115 games, about 200 plate appearances short, and he brought nothing defensively, which also makes it a little bit harder in something like that stat. 
Next best hitter would have been Jordan Luplo. He was on fire, and then he was dead. Then he was hurt, and then he was traded. A season in many and few words. Next up, Miles Straw ended with a 108 in his time in Cleveland. He was at like a 96-97 before he came in terms of uh, runs created plus. He ended up being worth 1.6 war. That's surprising and feels low to me. Uh, unsustainable bat pip in Cleveland. Now, the 1.6 might just be based on his Cleveland performance. So he might, yeah, I'm betting that is just his Cleveland performance. That would make sense for half a year uh, just due to his defense. Now, he walks 10% of the time. Uh, the bat pip's going to come down from 350. But because of his um, you know high-end speed, it's not going to come down a ton. Uh, I think he is... We have... All last offseason, what did I work on? Uh, if you listen to this podcast, I was trying to find a center fielder, and I brought up Miles Straw's name repeatedly over the last few years, and he has done exactly uh, what I hoped he would do when they acquired him, and center field is now a should be a position that is uh, locked up for the next, what, four years of team control? Uh, and, he, and it took him a little while longer to get there, but I mean, there were reasons to like Straw with his athleticism, ability, uh such a great addition for this team at the deadline, uh, especially when you look at the cost of a m- mediocre to average reliever with great spin rates and a first base trying to play catcher, hitting really well, but old for the level. Uh, moving down, Cesar Hernandez would have been next, over 100. Ahmed Rosario ends the year at 99. Uh, Bobby Bradley ends the year at 99. Bobby Bradley also ended the year with a 35% K rate, 355 I, bad defender, bad base runner. Again, I'll just put it out there. Like, if you can upgrade at first base, I would upgrade at first base. I don't think, you know, if Luke Voigt is available uh, and kind of on the cheap, I would strongly consider him. If, you know, someone like CJ Cron, who would be a free agent or would have Colorado have to trade him. I and mean, he's been successful in like five different environments. I'm not worried about him being Colorado only bat. And Ahmed, maybe he will, you know, improve a little bit. He was solid. I mean, a 99 is solid. He's in the range of average. Uh, you're hoping for a little bit more than that. And with Bobby Bradley being a first baseman, you're hoping for a lot more than that. Uh, Rene Rivera had the next highest. And you get to Harold Ramirez and Josh Naylor, both in 90s. I don't know what to make of Naylor, um, even pre-injury, because the problem were twofold. One, he can't play outfield. Like the defensive rating showed that, and he's a ne- has a negative WAR. One of the few players in the Indians with negative WAR because the offense wasn't there uh, enough to balance out bad defense. And he hits the ball hard. He's always had those great exit velocities, but he has struggled to make kind of that consistent impact. And you know, he he wasn't unlucky with his average. He doesn't walk enough. Uh, you need the walk rate to pick up a little uh, to hopefully maybe bring up that on base. Uh, Harold Ramirez hit 268 and that's with a bat pip that shows he was lucky Harold Ramirez should not be at the team next year Bradley Zimmer uh had a 347 bat pip and hit 227 he was incredibly lucky and his average was 227 he probably shouldn't be at the team next year either uh even you know him and Harold Ramirez essentially had the same score Wilson Ramos won't be at the team he's hurt Eddie Rosario in 86 he'd always been like a 110 before that it it just kind of stinks because, I mean, I was counting on like a 110 to 120 guy, and that is not what we saw at all for him. 
Yu Chen Chang's second half was really interesting. And we have Mercado and Chang tied here. Mercado also probably should be gone. Uh, Chang, I believe in the second half, had an OPS over 800. Like, he started to mash. When we talked about on the show, uh, the numbers show a guy who'd hit 20-plus home runs and be able to play in multiple positions if you let him play every day. Uh, we'll dive into his savant data. I'm very curious to see how that plays out for him. Uh, but there's probably more reason to keep him than either of those three outfielders we talked about. Andres Jimenez, another guy where it was a disappointment. I mean, he had a 101 runs created plus last year from the Mets. I uh, talked about he did not need to be Lindor, but he just needed to be what he was uh, when he was in Baltimore. Not Baltimore, with the Mets. And yeah, ugh, long day. And he wasn't that. And he struggled, and he, and he hit a lot of power in AAA. Hit a lot of power, hit for a lot of power in AAA. And he came to the big leagues, and it was definitely an improvement as he got more reps and the year went on. Next year, I mean, unless you're going to give uh, Arias a chance, uh, Arias and Jimenez really should be the competition at shortstop uh, for next camp with Rosario second base or left field again i am totally up for that let's put him out there i think that is a uh, perfectly fine situation uh, to move him to the outfield there's a reason why the mets were going to do it the indians just wanted some consistency so they kept him there he was not particularly great at the position uh, ernie clement i gotta see his option situation daniel johnson i need to see his option situation uh, Ryan Lavernway, and then you have Roberto Perez at a 56, Jake Bowers at a 54, Owen Miller at a 49, Austin Hedges at a 40. Uh, catching is just an absolute total nutter, um, you know, dumpster fire offensively. I mean, they were so bad. Um, I, I look at this team for next year, and if you keep Jose, I look at it this way. If you can upgrade first, you consider it. Second base, let's let one of the million and a half young prospects they have play. Shortstop, uh, you know, again, let's let one of the young players play. So either between those two spots, Jimenez, Rosario, uh, Arias, give these guys a full long look and figure it out. But you need those guys playing so you know what you have. And then third base, hopefully still Jose. Uh, it's going to be a sad day when he leaves Cleveland. Outfield. So my ideal would be, frankly, at this point in time, uh, Jimenez at second, Arias at short with Rosario in left, your center fielder is straw, and you're looking to upgrade right field as they don't really have a good option right now and first base and catcher. Uh, priority for me catcher, right field, first base. But those would be the three positions that uh, that's how you would attack it. What are your thoughts as fans? Tell me what you think. Strong agree, strong disagree. What would you be your number one area of needed improvement on this offense? Do you agree with me that it should start with catcher and then go right field? Or do you think it is outfield first? Do you agree with me that let's let the young kids play? And if you disagree, if you're like, uh, no, Arias is young, let's let him play some more time in AAA, uh, then what's your idea with it? It, it? Maybe do you think Jimenez at short or second? Are you thinking Owen Miller at one of those spots? Uh, let me know. You can, as always, hit me up on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Uh, we're going to take another quick sponsor break, come back, and talk about some pitching. 
So our sponsor is Bet Online, and it's kind of sad. Like I saw that and went off because we can't go do our Indians lines. That's what we always do. I go to Bet Online so much for ad reads. I am getting Bet Online commercials thanks to cookies and all of that fun jazz. You can whatever you want, you will find over at BetOnline.com. Remember to use the NFL our special promo code NFL100 to get a hundred percent match uh, on your first deposit. They have special deals right now for the playoffs. Remember, they have sports, live betting, casino, racebook, poker, esports, contest, promos, football lines, college football lines. Popular in the casino right now is something called Touchdown, Multi-Hand Blackjack, American Roulette, Tri-Card Poker. You can get the app and check all this out for yourself over at Bet Online, your online sportsbook. And remember to use the promo code NFL100 to get a 100% match on your first deposit. That is, again, betonline.ag. Remember, you can always go and look at the old format, classic, or their fancy new one. And again, that is betonline.ag, promo code NFL100. So let's talk some pitching, as it were. Uh, the pitching was... I I remember looking at like the list of the best pitching staffs in baseball and being like, oh, the Indians don't make the top 10 anymore. That's the, They don't know what they're talking about. Well... Pitching was an issue this year, and even though there were some emergence, there was a lot of injuries and a lot of step backs, let's be perfectly honest. I read a Ken Rosenthal piece talking about, you know, look at who won the Cy Young last year and look about how, uh, you know, things were a sprint instead of a marathon and how teams last year could get away with things and how the Indians were, like, tied for the wild card after 54 games or whatever it was that was, like, last year, but they were not prepared for the marathon of the season. Like, yeah, circumstances. Like, if you're going to take a veiled shot at the Indians and a veiled shot at Shane Bieber, maybe, like, it's not a fade. It's just the dude was hurt. Uh, it's unfortunate he got hurt. He's been a picture of health in college, minors. This is not... We've talked about Aaron Savale, who has gotten dinged up repeatedly. Like, there I have some concern. Shane Bieber is not that guy. He got hurt. He missed time. His numbers are fantastic. I think everyone is forgetting how good he was before he got hurt. He looked just as good. Uh, and that was, you go and you'll get his data right now, I'm staring at it, uh, struck out 33% of the batters he faced, only walked 8%, and he had a bad bat pip. He was unlucky. He had a 291 XFIP, a 302 FIP. He was home run prone a little bit. That is why his FIP and XFIP differ slightly. 2.6 war for just 16 starts. You extrapolate that out over a more typical 32. It's 5.2 war. That is very good. He would be a top five candidate if he had been healthy. Number two on this team in war, Emmanuel Classe. And remember when we had the debates at the start of the year between Classe and Karinchak and who would be the dude? Those debates are done. Uh, Karinchak had his struggles, but uh, Classe was just unbelievable. And I'm going to be really mad when he doesn't end up top five in the rookie of the year. He won't. He won't because he's a reliever. Uh, But he should definitely be in that discussion. Next up, Cal Quantrell. Uh, I feel very confident Heading into next year with Quantrell as the number three on the staff. What do you think? Let me know. Remember, hit me up at Jeff MLB Draft over on Twitter. Do you feel comfortable with Quantrell as your three? Uh, Tristan McKenzie and Zach Pusak actually tied. And it's interesting because they had the same number of games, though uh, one more start for Pusak. Pusak had about 22 more innings. Uh, the 9 per- 11% difference in strikeout rate, but the walk percentage between Plesak and McKenzie was almost doubled. Uh, their FIP, 473 to 483, very similar. Uh, just due to that, I mean, I'd probably make McKenzie the four, Plesak the five. 
Man, Plesak, what he did last year, he was, to me, the number two pitcher on this team heading into camp. And I think, you know, most would agree with that. He was going to be the starter if there was a third game of the postseason, not Savali. It would be him based on his performance. Unfortunately, we just did not uh, accomplish that. They lost rather quickly in the postseason due to pitching after having that phenomenal pitching season. But uh, let's let's get out of the negative. We'll see if McKenzie. The inconsistencies are there, and that's a concern for me. You know, I, I get a little bit annoyed, too, because I do see some shifting narrative with him where, like, I talked to people before who were uh, very negative on him. Uh, you know, take that for a good or a bad. But they, they just weren't sold on him and are now, like, all the way in and want to tell everyone why they're wrong or, or stupid about things. And I, I just get annoyed with that. I, I get annoyed with the too smart for school kids, as it were, when it comes to baseball coverage and writing. I think it should be more... Uh, I just want to see more kindness in general. So I'm going to move on there. I think McKenzie, uh, you know, I've talked about before. I wasn't as high on him coming up because there is nobody like him. His height to weight build has never been seen before. When I dug into baseball reference, when I had like the extra paid the money to have like their advanced database research. uh, And I went looking, I've told this story, but it's kind of funny to me still. I, I typed out the only starter I could find who had more than 10 starts at the major league level, who had a height... And it wasn't McKenzie's exact ones. It was like a taller than 6'4 and weighed under 100, under 200 pounds or under 190 pounds. And it was Jason Schmidt. Now, I did not tag him, yet he still found that tweet and responded to it. So, you know, it's more always been the build. I, I do think my favorite comp I kind of came up with him recently, though, is he could be a Carlos Carrasco-like path. Now, they're very different pitchers, but neither of them are exactly overpowering both are at their best when their you know their command is uh, at peak. Both have struggled when they were younger with keeping that command going, with keeping kind of straight and on everything. Uh, Carrasco had some ups and downs before it all came together, and he became one of the best Indians pitches last of my lifetime. Uh, so I think you're kind of looking at that. That I think you know high outcome is something similar to Carrasco. I think low outcome is still a five, and you're happy and content with that. So yeah, I'm. Uh, I think McKenzie is very good. I just put him into four right now because, you know, Aaron Savali to me is the guy who gets a chance to open the year as your number two. Uh, we're only going to get to the starters today outside of Class A. I know we talked about him, but that's just because he was so valuable. Class A, or Class A, Savale, you know, similar sounding there, 21 starts. Uh, and that's the thing you go through. Most games started for this team was Plesak with 25. 24 for McKenzie is second on the team. Then Quantrell... Savale, Eli Morgan had more starts than Shane Bieber. Yeah, that's it, it's true. Uh, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it worked out this year. Savale, uh, he's interesting. His FIP was not great. I know people, you know, the 384 uh, ERA, some of the other outline, out, you know, some of the other basic data, but. Uh, you know, we talked about Bieber was unlucky. Savali was pretty lucky this year, and he doesn't miss a ton, ton of bats. Uh, and that leads to some minor concerns in its own regard. He misses enough. Like, I don't want to come out here. He struck out, but he's at like 19.9% of batters faced. Uh, it's, it's better in Quantrell, but Quantrell uh, just keeps the ball down more. Savali's, you know, home run to fastball rate uh, percentage. 10.7 for Quantrell, 17.2 for Savali. That's actually worst amongst all the starters. Uh, he got hit hard a lot. He got hit hard quite a bit more than the other guys. You start with him as the two. I, 
I don't think this is going to be a top top 10 rotation next year. I don't. I They have some parts and pieces. And, you know, I get hit with a lot of people like, oh, we should trade Morgan. We should trade Plesak. Uh, I wouldn't trade anyone. And honestly, if I was trading anyone, it would probably be Savale. And that might be crazy talk. But again, this is a guy who has struggled with health and also is going to net you a better return than those other two names. Like if you're going to trade a starter, trade the one where you might be selling peak. Trade the one that actually will net you something. Like if you're going to trade a starter for a bat, what is Plesak going to get you? Honestly, what is Plesak going to net you right now? It's not a lot. What's Eli Morgan net you? There's not a lot. Aaron Zavale might net you something. I, I personally don't trade any starter. That's me. But uh, So tell me what you think. Are you with me in the firm, let's not trade any starters camp? Uh, what do you think about my evaluations on the starters and the number one reliever? I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked on Indians podcast. I Again, thank everyone for making this your first listen every day. We'll be back tomorrow looking at the bullpen and diving into some savant data as we continue to kind of pick apart this season. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Give me some feedback over there. Hit me up with questions we can use on the show. And go Guardians go.